Right. Good morning. My name is Brian Fillinger, and it is always a pleasure for me to be here with you on Sunday mornings to open up the Word of God and to dive into that. As you just saw, we are looking and preparing to launch what we are calling D groups or discipleship groups. To give you a little bit of background on that, um, so when this uh, this thing that we just finished, or we're still at the tail end of, what's that thing called? The pandemic. That's right. Um, when we began the pandemic, my wife and I uh, began to pray, actually separately, uh, and then, because uh, that's the way the Lord works, he, he pricked both of our hearts, and uh, we began to look at how can we continue to gather together uh, in small groups that are, that are safe, that are, um, you know, COVID acceptable, if you want to say that, COVID responsible, uh, and so we, we jumped into the idea of D groups, and what D groups are is three to five uh, men and three to five women, uh, it's a gender-specific group, uh, that join together for the sake of Bible reading, uh, encouraging one another, uh, committing Scripture to memory, uh, basically just journeying together through life. And so um, uh, we began to pray about the couples that uh, we wanted to engage with, and so uh, we engaged with, I think it was four or five couples, Kelly took the ladies and I took the men, um, and we walked through the Bible, and it was a whole year process uh, of reading the Bible and meeting on a regular basis with my men and uh, really just talking about, number one, what is God teaching us in Scripture? Number two, what's going on in our life? How are, we, how are we being good husbands? How are we being good fathers? What are we struggling with? Uh, and it's really been an amazing process. And so uh, I've decided to, to bring that to the church. If you are a life group leader, you've already been hearing about this for a while. Uh, but this, as a church, a church-wide, this will be your first time to hear about that these D groups. So y'all stay tuned this summer. Uh, we're going to be um, uh, promoting that throughout the summer, giving you a little bit more information, hopefully hearing from uh, some of those uh, men and women uh, in our current D groups, and then we will launch those in the fall. As you know, if you uh, attend here regularly, every Sunday morning we introduce what we call the one conversation. Uh, and it's introduced with our music, and it's introduced with the sermon, and that one conversation focuses either on a passage or a theme. And then so that it's introduced here in the sanctuary through the sermon and through the music and worship. Uh, and then it's carried on, the one conversation is carried on into our life groups. And most of y'all are very familiar with that. And so today in your life groups, you're going to be talking uh, out of Revelation and discussing out of Revelation the second letter to the church, uh, to, to the churches, which is to the church at Smyrna. And it's all about um, encouraging the church to be steadfast in difficulties. And so this morning, I'm coming out of Joshua 1, and if you have a Bible, uh, which I hope you do, uh, you can turn to Joshua 1, 1 through 11, and we're going to be looking at the steps of faith that Joshua took as he was preparing to walk through difficult times, steps of faith, walking through difficult times, because the reality is for every one of us is that we are either in the midst of difficult times, we are coming out of difficult times, or we are preparing to go into difficult times. Some of us and, and that we know of in this room are going through some extremely difficult times. Some of us have just come out of difficult times, and some of us may even be preparing to go into difficult times. And I want to, as a quick little aside, I, wanna, I do want to point out something, and this kind of goes without saying, but sometimes we get fed a bill, a bill of lies, and we need it to be called out. At least I do. And so... This morning, I, want, I do want to say very quickly before we get into the message that if you were sold the bill of goods that when you stepped into a relationship with Christ, 
all of your troubles would melt away, all of your heartache would disappear, all the troubles and trials and tribulations of the world would go away. That is a blatant lie, and I'm convinced that is a wedge that the devil created to come between us and God. Because if you buy into that, if you buy into that, then your walk and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is hindered. Because then you begin to question, God, why are you allowing this to happen in my life? God, have you turned your back on me? God, do you not care? And so let's get that out uh, in, in the, at first, that we were not saved to protect ourselves and to, and to create a little bubble around us from the heartache and the brokenness of the world. Instead, as we move through that heartache, as we deal with that brokenness, as we walk through the chaos that is our world, we walk through with hope. We walk through with a guide. We walk through with a protector. That's the difference as followers of Christ, is that we don't walk through the deepest, darkest days of our life alone. We walk through it with a God that desperately loves us. A little bit of background on Joshua. Joshua 1, 1 through 11. Again, that's where we're going to be this morning. If you remember, Joshua was one of the, one of the 12 uh, spies that was sent out to the land of Canaan. The land of Canaan was the promised land. God had told the Israelites, his people, that he had a covenant with. He said, that's going to be your land. These 12 went out, and they all came back with good reports. That is the land flowing with milk and honey. That land has everything we could possibly want. But 10 of them said, yeah, but that land is inhabited by giants. That land, those people will slaughter us. We are not going there. And Joshua and Caleb said, no, no, no. If God said he'll give it to us, he'll give it to us. Let's go. You know the story that God said, you know what? An entire generation, those 10 and an entire generation, what I call the Exodus generation, will never see the promised land. So Joshua and Caleb are the only two from that generation that were allowed to see and to live in the promised land. And here Joshua is taking over after Moses. Can you imagine a man that used to come off of a mountain with his face glowing so brightly that he had to cover it with a veil? That's the man that you take over after the leader of of the Israelites. And this is where Joshua is. Let me remind you that difficulty for Joshua has not even begun when this passage is written. It's not even started. His leadership hasn't even started. In Deuteronomy, we see that this new generation renews their covenant and God renews his covenant with this new generation. And then in Joshua, this book that we find ourselves in, we see that covenant, that promise of the promised land is fulfilled. But it's interesting that every step of the way, and and if you haven't read through Joshua, I would encourage you to read through Joshua because every step of the way, the Israelites have victory after victory after victory. Victories that they should not have won. Battles that they should not have won, except that God was with them. But, it, but all along the way, all these victories that God gives them, he requires them, he requires his people to take steps of faith along the way. He requires his people to trust him and to put their faith to work. So we pick up in Joshua 1, 1 through 11. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all of these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all of the Hittite country 
to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Take note of this in verse 6. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. He said, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, we will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land and the Lord your God, the possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving as your very own. So I want to look at this passage in Joshua, these first 10 or 11 verses, and I want to to look at three things that happen in Joshua's life. The first is that as we walk through difficult times, we need to learn to lean into the promises of God. We see in verse 3 that God reminds Joshua of the promise that he made to Moses. He says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. He continues on and he clarifies what that is. The territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the Euphrates River to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. And then he makes this promise in verse 5. No one will be able to stand against Israel. And on in verse 5 he says, God, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And then verse 6. God has reminded Joshua of his promises. God has reminded Joshua of what he has promised to Moses, what he promises to Joshua, and he says, be strong and courageous. You see, so oftentimes when we get into difficult times, when we get into, when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, our tendency is to forget the goodness of God. Our tendency is to be so distracted by the chaos and the heartbreak and the hurt around us that we forget the goodness of God. We forget the promise that not only has he said he will never leave us nor forsake us, he has actually given us the Holy Spirit, which is a stamp on our spirits, a guarantor that says we can never fall away from God. We can never be pulled away from God. God will never turn his back on us. See, he was just telling the Israelites that, but for us, he sent the power of the Holy Spirit to guarantee it for us and to empower us and to equip us to walk the life that we need to walk. And so this morning, as we walk through difficult times, as we prepare to walk through difficult times, it is important for us to learn to lean into God's promise and to be strong and courageous. 
Our second point is, uh, begins in verse 7. And in order to lean into God's promises, we must also learn to hide God's word in our hearts. See, the reality for us is that we cannot lean into his promises if we don't first know his promises. Right, have you ever been in that place? And maybe this is a confession on my part. And maybe we can edit this out of the video so that I look a little bit more spiritual. But have you ever been in a situation when we go through difficult times and the last thing you want to do is pick up that Bible? The last thing you want to do is to go to the Word of God. What, why is that? Why is that? There are so many times that I'm walking through a difficult time. I'm trying to make difficult decisions. I'm trying to do whatever it is, and it's challenging, and it's difficult, and it's heart-wrenching. And I realize that I've gone days and weeks without even picking up the Word of God, without even spending time with the God that so desperately loves me and has written a letter of love to me, and yet I don't pick it up. So our second point is that we need to not only pick up that Word, but we need to commit that Word to our hearts. Because again, I'm convinced that at that point, when we get into that dark place that the devil comes in and he convinces us and he talks us into thinking, hey, God doesn't care about you. Hey, God is not even paying attention. He doesn't know what's going on in your life. And when we buy into that, it becomes harder and harder and harder to pick up the word of God. It becomes harder and harder and harder to lean into the promises of God, which reflect his love and his mercy and his grace and his compassion for us. And so as we walk through difficult times, we must first learn and practice leaning into God's promises. And we must resolve in our hearts to hide his word in our hearts and our minds. And we see this in verse 7. He starts off again. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So here's Joshua. Joshua is now, he's fixing to step into the shoes of Moses. He has no idea what's lying ahead. The only thing he knows is that this is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's got everything they could ever want, and it's filled with giants. Those are the only two things he knows. He can probably surmise that it's not going to be an easy process. It's not going to be a fun process. He's already lived through the Exodus, right? He's already seen how the the first generation or previous generation reacted and followed God. And so he's like, right, now I get to lead a bunch of people that constantly turn away from God. This is awesome. I don't remember that being in the job description, but I was elected for this, so let's go. So Joshua's standing there. He's he's talking with God. He's, He's having a conversation with God, and God says, You need to remember my words. You need to spend time in my word. You need to meditate on my word day and night in order to be strong and courageous. Verse 9, he concludes that whole passage and he says, that whole paragraph, and he says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Again, Joshua hasn't begun his difficult times. He hasn't stepped out into battle. He's preparing. He's still sitting on the opposite side of the Jordan River. He's still waiting for God to release his people and to give, us, give them the land. And God says three times in just 
four or five verses to be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So as we go through difficult times, it's important for us to, number one, learn how to lean into the promises of God. It's important for us to spend time in his word and spend time with him, to walk with him, to cherish his word, to commit his word to memory. And then the third piece is kind of the, uh, kind of the common sense piece, but it's also the most difficult piece for, for a lot of us. The third piece is do it. The third piece is take action. We see in verse, verses 10 through 11, it says, So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. He said, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your very own. See, Joshua spent time with the Lord. Joshua was reminded of God's goodness and of God's provision and of God's promise. Joshua was encouraged by God to spend time in the word and commit that word to memory and to memorize that word and to meditate on that word day and night. And then Joshua leaves this conversation with the Lord and he turns to the people of Israel and he says, get ready. We've waited for a generation We're about to inherit the promised land. In three days, get all your stuff together. And in three days, we're crossing this river to inherit what God has promised us. What that meant for Joshua was that in three days, they were going into battle. In three days, they were going to fight some of the worst battles they've ever experienced. But in three days, they were going to see the hand of God. In three days, they were going to take the step of faith convinced and and guaranteed of God's promise that that land was going to be their land. That every place they put their foot, God was going to give them. So God tells the people to gather up their stuff because they're going to inherit this land. See, I I don't know where you are today. I don't know what challenges and what difficulties you uh, have in your life, what you're walking through. But I do know that some of us are literally walking through the shadow of the valley of death. And I know that if you're not, you will be. So this morning, I don't only want to encourage you to lean into God's promises, to spend time and memorize God's word and commit God's word to memory and to take action. This morning is really about taking action. Because as I, as I go through the weeks here on staff and, as, and as, I, as, as I read through our prayer requests and as I read through and I hear our challenges, I know that we are entering, we, we are leaving a difficult time, but for a lot of us, we are stepping right into a harder time. And so whatever it is, big or small, life or death, I want to encourage you to come down front and pray at the altar. There's nothing special about these steps. There's nothing special about the altar. But it's that step. It's that action. So I want to challenge you this morning. Number one, if you are coming uh, and and you've come in here with just the burden of the world on your shoulders, whether it's yours or someone else's, 
Join me at the steps. If you're coming in here and God has been dealing with your heart and he's been beckoning you and he's been calling you and you, you, and you realize this morning that you haven't even taken that first step of faith, let me be the first person to remind you that Jesus Christ loves you and that he died on the cross not to give you a perfect life, not to eliminate pain and suffering, but to adopt you into the family of God, to give you life with him eternal. But that does require us to take that step of faith. It does require us to say, yes, I do believe that Jesus gave his life for me as a sacrifice, that he paid the ultimate price for me. And because I believe that, I want to give him everything that I have. I want to dedicate and and give him my entire life. If that's what you want to do this morning, please join us. I'll be the first person down here to celebrate you joining the family of God. If you've got another issue going on in your life that God's been dealing with you and he's been, uh, you've been in a, a place of turmoil, I want to encourage you to join us down front and pray with us this morning. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you have promised us that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, as we journey through difficult times, Lord, I pray that you would encourage our spirits and that you would remind us to lean into your promises. Lord, those promises are there to remind us of your goodness and your grace and your compassion and your love for us. Lord, I pray that as we lean into your promises, Lord, that we would commit those scriptures to memory or that those scriptures and that truth would be able to combat the false narrative that we receive every moment of every day. And we would be able to filter our world through your truth. And Lord, finally, I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to take that step of faith, to take action. I thank you for each one of us here today. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be stirred within us. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us as we head on to our Bible studies. Encourage us to take that step of faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.